When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jada, Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across new and pre-owned petrol, diesel, LPG, plug-in hybrid and electric Renault, Dacia and Opel range. Low APR and zero deposit packages available. See blackstonemotors.ie. You're very welcome to Late Lunch, brand new week of the show, Monday, September 6th. Great to have you with us, and I'm sure in the Royal County there's been very little sleep in the last 24 hours. Well, I read a message I've just got straight away, and don't forget the numbers if you want to get in touch with us, 086 658 WhatsApp or text me, 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in. Jerry woke up this morning in the beautiful Royal County celebrating, creating history. Mead ladies, all Ireland senior football champions, putting Mead back on the map once more. Indeed, they did. And we're going to be talking about it in a second. Coming up later on in the show, ABBA are my artists of the week for good reason. They're getting back together, new album, etc. Journalist Paul Murphy joins us. You remember Paul told us the story? Well, we've talked about it a few times on the show, but finding the baby in the phone box back in 1965. Well, there's an update on this this story and we're going to hear about it in a wee while. Yvonne McCann is with us. She's from Hedgehog Rescue Dublin and she's looking for help and assistance and we're going to talk more about hogs as well. Dip in the nip. It didn't happen last year, no. Didn't hear much about it on late lunch this year, no, because they didn't want to drum up too much publicity with the COVID situation. But it happened yesterday. A hundred and ladies, 180 ladies charged into the sea, raising funds for the oncology unit at Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital and Necrid. And I was there, and I'm going to bring you a flavour of a wonderful occasion just after two o'clock on the show this afternoon. But first up, that match yesterday, Croke Park, it finished Meath 111, Dublin 12 points, a massive upset, turn up for the books, whatever you like to call it, Meath Senior Football Champions. Now, Shauna Ennis is the captain of the Meath side, we're going to talk to Shauna first, Myro Shocknessy is standing by, but Shauna, you and I spoke late last week and I did ask you this question, had you the speech ready? Well, I'll tell you, I listened to your speech yesterday, Shauna Ennis, you had it ready. <laughs> I don't know about that now. I, <laughs> I just had a few names written down as the most important people. I, I didn't, I didn't want to leave out. Um, the rest of it was just came from the heart. I think. Oh, it came from the head, the heart and everywhere else. You just covered off everybody magnificently. I have to say, it was a wonderful speech delivered brilliantly. Rumor has it you haven't shot an eye since. Is that true? <laughs> Um, that might be true, yeah. Uh, we had a great night last night celebrating and 
it was so nice that we had such a big reception back in Nightwork Hotel, the place, all the roads were absolutely lined with people and green and gold flags and, and it was amazing, it was fantastic. Wasn't Croke Park unbelievable yesterday, the atmosphere? I know it wasn't full by any means, but it felt like it was doubly full. Did you feel that out on the field? Oh, yeah, like the noise level, I thought particularly when we turned the ball over in our defence, the roar of the crowd was, would lift you out of it. But it, it was so motivating for us, I think, and it definitely really helped us. It felt like the whole, the whole stadium was just full of me supporters. Mm. And Shauna, I have to say, you know the speculation beforehand, Dublin going for five, you were there to make up the numbers. Hey, you girls, and Eamon and the crew paid no attention to that talk. No, look, we had a lot of belief in ourselves and, and we knew what I suppose the pundits were saying and we knew what people were saying in the newspapers, but we, I suppose maybe we took a bit of motivation from that, that, that we were counted as people were saying we were lucky to be there and Maybe we didn't really even deserve to be Cork. So we knew in our, in our, in our hearts that we did deserve to be there and we, we just wanted to show everyone, you know, what, what we're made of. Do you know when you lift that cup? And you know what? The, 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 the boss of, of the ladies' uh, GAA spoke for quite a while. I saw you standing beside him. I thought he'd never end myself with all <laughs> the people he thanked. But then you talk, that moment, that just that moment when you raise the All-Ireland Senior Cup up above your head, Oh, my word. And remember, you're one of very few women who'll ever do that. Oh, it's literally, it's just an amazing feeling, like the best day of my life. I, I feel like really honoured and really privileged to be able to do that on behalf of, of, of my teammates. Like, they're such a fantastic bunch. And to be able to raise the cup for the first time in me, ladies' history, was such a special moment. Hang on there. We found Myra O'Shaughnessy. She went AWOL for a few minutes. Myra? She's back. You're back, Myra. Hello. <laughs> uh, great to talk to you, Myra. How are you, how are you feeling today? Uh, I'm top of the world. I'm top of the world. Um, I was listening to the commentary yesterday and I think the name Myra O'Shaughnessy was mentioned more than most others. <laughs> was that? We're actually currently in the nice book re-watching the match. So I actually, but but we're not we're not really listening. We're kind of just um, looking at it. So yeah, no, I I, I haven't uh, we haven't properly watched back the match yet. But mm. um, all up yesterday was just I think everyone will agree it was just a complete team effort. It was we wouldn't have been able to win yesterday if all fifteen and plus players that came on didn't perform to their best. And we I'm just so delighted for the team that everyone just put in the performance that we needed to get over the line. The buzz is, is ongoing. It just never stops. Are you feeling it as much today? Is that adrenaline just driving you on? I, you know, I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm, um, yeah, I think we're all just on cloud nine. I don't think it's properly hit us. Yeah. Um, you know, the texts are coming in and the phone calls and they're all so appreciated. And, you know, we're just, like, it's just unbelievable what mm. we've done. Um, and, yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't think it's, it's going to hit us until maybe later in the week or... <laughs> next week or later in the year <laughs> this year but, uh, oh my every minute of it yeah absolutely do just this is these are special days so they are and just absorb it go with the flow and take it yeah. in you do know you mentioned there like the, this is history like to come up from intermediate and win the title the following year is unprecedented we, we know the Tipperary and Tyrone they won the last couple of intermediates yeah. and like they didn't really figure at all in the senior ranks you no. know this is un- what do you put it down to what, what, what is the reason can you pinpoint it 
I don't think, I think it's a mixture of things, to be completely honest. I think, I think we have to give massive, massive credit to our management and the background team. Like, you know, we never, and, and Shauna would agree to this as well, like we're never going into a match not knowing exactly what we have to do. And we just trust them so much that, you know, if they told us to jump off a cliff, we do it. Joking away, isn't they just, <laughs> They're just incredible people, and they're so dedicated to it. And I suppose it's been it's been building. Jokingly, as in, like we haven't just come out of the woodworks. Like as in, we've been building the last four or five years, and you know it's it's been coming. And I suppose once you're in the kind of once you're you're kind of in the group, you know what's there, and you mm. know what we're capable of doing. Um, but I suppose it's only until we get to the big stage that other people can see it. But I suppose I always knew and. Sean always knew that we, that an All Ireland was in us. Maybe it's a bit premature than we probably expected, but we knew it was there. And you know, the, the work the girls put in, they deserve literally nothing less. Like, as in, nobody sees the work that goes behind or goes on behind the yeah. scenes during COVID. All the girls just dedicated themselves to just getting themselves in better shape, doing whatever they can to use that time to make themselves better um, athletes. And it's just paid off. And I'm just so happy it has because, I mean between the players and the management it's just a brilliant mix and it's just it's worked and I don't think you can't put it into one thing but I just think it all just clicks and it's brilliant yeah it's the whole it's the sum of the parts I hear what you're, you're saying to me Shona back to you because in the speech and uh, Moira referred to your management team there and especially Eamon Murray the man at the helm who came in and put the, the group together that looked after you, your two mammies as you mentioned as well and all of the others and you did say and, and maybe just take up that point that nobody wanted you when Eamon came in what did you mean by that? Yeah well look I suppose that was probably one of the lowest points in the history of me ladies we were in a really bad place, we were at the bottom of Division 3, we were losing basically every match we played, so it, it was hard to find it was hard to find a manager or a, team, a backroom team that wanted to come into that situation, so we were so lucky and so blessed with the team that did come in then like I can't say enough good things about them, like as, as Moira was saying, they're, they're just fantastic and, and we're so lucky to have them Did you see the images or, or you probably know about them at this stage of the legendary Sean Boylan and what it meant to Sean and the emotion he showed, the man who's led Mead seniors to multiple All-Irelands, National Leagues, Leinster titles. It, when you see a man like that, uh, you know, and, and the way he felt, that must bring it home to you. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, we saw those we saw those videos and those pictures and, and they're so special and they're such special moments to, to have and keep forever. And as I said, yes, the whole crowd in Crow Park were just phenomenal. Like, just, you could see everyone was literally overjoyed and there, there was so many tears shed. And it was just a fantastic day for me, for me, Jay, in general, men's or women's, I think. And I think the whole county really got behind us. And ba- and back to yourself, Moira. When you look at the scoreline, you didn't concede a goal, and really that was the bedrock that the victory was, uh, you know, founded on. That you didn't give that goal away. It's tremendous to deny this Dublin team. Yeah, look, I think I think our, our backs in general are our defensive outfit. I don't think that's really enough credit. Like as in, they're they're just so disciplined. They're brilliant. I thought Katie knew yesterday had the game of her life. You know, Kate, Mary Kate Lynch was unbelievable. Sean, you know, everyone in the defensive setup was just brilliant. And, you know, as in to, to keep, like you said, like a goal threat like Dublin, like, I mean, they're used to just creating these opportunities that are so hard to combat. 
Um, but yesterday we were just so disciplined, so um, so focused on what we had to do, and I think it was just massive credit to the back and to our back coach Shane Wall because he's just phenomenal. I mean, we're we're like I said, we're never left wondering what we have to do. Everyone knows exactly what they have to do, and it's it just yeah, it was brilliant. They were exceptional yesterday. Keep those messages coming to us, girls. No surprise. We're getting lots of good wishes for you. 086-1800-658. If you want to send them good wishes, keep them coming to me. WhatsApp or text. Oh, here's a lovely one. I have to pick out from these, but here's a couple. <laughs> Jerry, will you please send the Mead girls all the very best from one of the biggest fans, Killian Curran. He's age seven from Kells. Yeah. Will you say hello to Killian? Hi, oh, hi, Killian. Uh, oh, my God. And uh, there's another one there. Hi, Jerry. Ah, oh, this is lovely. As a loud supporter, I would like to offer the heartiest congratulations to the Mead ladies. What a game. Enjoy the celebration. Stay safe. And that comes in from Rodney to you t- today in uh, the Wee County as well. You see, everybody's delighted for you. Isn't this just marvellous, isn't it? It's great. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's 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 amazing. Um, here's another one um, I have to say sincere congratulations to me ladies on their success yesterday what a result and what an inspiration you are girls to other counties hopefully oh god here we are again hopefully we in Loud can take inspiration from their success and that's from Liam O'Neill chairperson of Loud LGFA to you today there you go oh, we're, at, we're at harmony we're at peace between the two counties and LMFM yeah. sitting here in the middle isn't it just great to take this on board but look beyond this and Sean I'll put this to you look you're going to enjoy today and the weeks as Myra said and, and, and times ahead that's it there's no more this year you can rest in your laurels till the, the new year begins is that it? Oh, well we're straight back in October <laughs> two weeks time so don't be too much time yeah. for resting unfortunately yeah 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 yeah. Shara's only being facetious there of course you have the club <laughs> stuff and you'll be kicking lumps out of one another then is that, is that true? Yeah. <laughs> that's it yeah for 60 minutes <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, but look, it's all part and parcel of it. Your club is everything to you. I know that in your communities, but the county to pull on the green and gold, go run out in Crow Park and lift the All Ireland Senior Title. There are never ever greater days. But here's the final thing before we say goodbye to you. You'd like to do it again, Myra? Absolutely. Yeah, we're already getting started. <laughs> <laughs> once you get the taste of it once, it's the old incentive to go back. And of course, the Dubs will be anxious to cut your bush as well next time round. Well, that's it. And look, you know, I mean, we're now defending All-Ireland yeah. like titles. So, mm. I mean, we, we're, we're the ones to beat next year. But I mean, that's a new challenge for us and we're just looking forward to it. Ah, indeed you are well ladies you're very good to us honestly uh, thanks uh, for being so amenable and to all your players and management to LMFM Radio and all local media you've been very kind to us made yourselves available and we really do appreciate it and we are delighted for you delighted for you yeah and we thank you for your support as not at all not yeah, at thank all thank you so much we're, ah, we're only delighted to be with you all the way and here's to the next one go on away there if you catch a half an hour shot I grab it because it won't be much more than <laughs> that as you know today tomorrow and the days beyond god bless you both and congratulations to all your colleagues pass them on please thank, thank you. you take Bye. care of yourself bye-bye on mia boo yes there's no doubt about it aren't they fantastic women and on the theme of sporting women and irish sporting women i do want to mention a young lady 
who uh, hails from not far where we are in the northeast here today, Leona Maguire. I had the privilege of meeting her about 10, 11 years ago. She was a kid when the Solheim Cup came to Ireland and I met herself and her sister and her mum in Killeen Castle and I remember that day well and they were full of, you know, hopes and dreams. Well, that young woman this weekend, if you watched her on the Solheim Cup team, the first Irish girl, she played in four games, all four. She played two foursomes, two four balls each of the days on uh, Saturday, Sunday. She won three and got a half, a draw from the other one. Unprecedented for a rookie. She is a superstar in the making. The women of Ireland, the women of the North East are showing the way. Come on, boys, we have a bit to do to make up. Stay with us at late lunch. Go on then, Louise, congratulate them yourself. I said the boys didn't Yay! do much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, as you know, my cousin is in the team, so I obviously have to say, well done, Sarah Powderly. Yes. She's coming out of injury, so she was on the bench yesterday, but she's part of the team and uh, she was just so excited on Saturday. Mm. I think she must have been asked about 700 times, <laughs> what are your chances? <laughs> on Saturday so, I um, know sure everybody did we didn't give them a chance honestly we thought that Dublin would win it and it just shows you mm-hmm. that's the beauty of sport you just never know and you have another little success to mention uh, where you are living now your oh, adopted yeah. home the Feckins won the, the hurling St Feckins won the senior hurling title in Loud yesterday well done to well all well done to them the yeah nice was to it, very excited was, well. was it the chat during the week did it yes it must have been uh, uh, a well known fella seemingly not to me though called um, Davy Fitz yes. was up there having a chat with them so maybe that just gave go them on, the edge Go on, go on tell them about your sporting knowledge <laughs> uh, Tell them go on, tell them the wee story I was what walking happened around. I dropped my 10 year old daughter off at her uh, camogie training in Feckins and I kind of saw a bit of a commotion didn't pass any he just thought it was a parent was walking around the pitch li- listening to podcast and uh, my daughter was waving her hurl at me and eventually I said, well, what's going on? Because I'm after getting it signed by a celebrity. And she said, told me who it was. And I said, OK, great. Who is he? <laughs> <laughs> so I got the slagging oh of my, my life that I didn't one. know who Davy Fitz Fitzgerald. was. One of the most famous hurlers, managers, you name it, in the country. And he's a mentor on one of those, you know, the families that mm. take on one another, Ireland's fittest Fitness, families, yeah. one of those yeah. as well. Osher Davies is well known as a begging ass and our Louise didn't know no. who he was. He <laughs> might have been a begging ass <laughs> going round the feckings pitch for all she knew. <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> Such is life. I probably wouldn't even recognise a begging ass either, Terry. <laughs> oh, Louise, will I tell you, I've come up, I, I want your advice and listeners' advice on this one. Aldi. Aldi, I saw another gadget. You go to Aldi? No, I don't. I saw, you know, the little book that comes out each week and I was just fluttering through it. And you know me and me gadgets. I saw two things in it. A quesalita. Am I saying that right? A quesalita maker. Quesadilla? Say that to me. Is it quesadilla? Thank you. Quesadilla. (laughs) She has it right. I can't do the pronunciation. I don't know. Quesadilla. Yeah, a quesadilla maker and a frozen drinks maker. What do you think? Should Uh, I, shouldn't I? Go on. At least it'll keep the bread maker company. (laughs) Stop. No, Uh now now you definitely put me off when you even mention that thing. Yeah, quesadilla. Uh, that's what's go a quesadilla. On, you, you, make a with, you make it night. with eggs, is it, and and things like that. And st- she could probably make it on the pan, could you? 
Yeah, it's kind of like a tortilla, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, that type of thing. You put any fillings you want in it. Anyway, they're on offer this week. Should I, shouldn't I? Should I, shouldn't I? Should I? Yeah. I'm going to have to get a new press and I may ring the kitchen man (laughs) to accommodate uh, the new stuff. Anyway, the frozen drinks maker? Is it like like those slushies? Yeah, it makes frozen drinks. You know, like the the penny frozen drinks and slush things and stuff like that, I'd say. Stuff like that. Anyway, I'll think about it. I'll have a think Mm. about it. It just caught my attention, I said I'd mentioned. Anyway, coming up on Late Lunch after two, dip in the nip, 180 women raced naked into the sea yesterday and I was there coming up after two on the show but taking us to news and weather at two it is Monday I love Mondays it gets the week going and you couldn't but love Mondays when you're with us on late lunch every Monday here's Bob and the boys with a big number one hit and one that's as timeless today as ever Thank you for all your well wishes for the Mead Ladies. A selection of some of them. Well done to Mead Ladies from a Tyrone supporter this afternoon. Thank you. Therese has been on on behalf of Stabann and Parnells wishing Mead all the very best and congratulations to them. Wonderful, she says. Rose says it was heart-stopping stuff, Jerry. It was. But what an example to all young girls going forward. That's going to do wonders for Mead and other counties as well going forward to encourage young girls to take up the game and do their very best uh, Jerry says Mina oh mea culpa Mina you're so right Katie Taylor what a great ambassador for the country too thank you for reminding me Mina yes she won again she is a legendary Katie Taylor and again we must mention all the Paralympic athletes they're making their way home tomorrow and well done to them on the medal hall in Tokyo uh, Deirdre's been on to say as well what a great mead ladies team I listened to the game on LMFM it was so exciting fantastic well done all concerned and so on and so on they go now moving on on late launch well moving on in one sense and moving back in another to yesterday as well because after a break of a year uh, dip in the nip huge day for everyone involved with the oncology unit at Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital and I'm talking to so many people I know today who've benefited from the services the wonderful services provided there for people across the northeast and NECRIT the research that goes on as well they're tied in with the unit in the hospital they crave funding they need more funding and there's not a lot of money coming directly from government so they need to do it in other ways and dip in the nip is one of the biggest the biggest fundraiser they have every year none last year people did their own little thing but this year it's back and it happened yesterday on a beach in County Meath and they invited me along once more. It's the 10th year and I've been there with them every single year and I have to say it's a privilege and an honour. So let's go back to a beach in Meath very early yesterday morning on a beautiful autumn morning and I began chatting to Liz Summersby. She's the a director of NECRIT and associated with the oncology unit for years and years in the hospital. A wonderful woman. And I put it to her that despite the pandemic, cancer diagnosis, treatment and care continued and continues. Absolutely. Um, cancer doesn't go away and it didn't go away. It was business as usual in oncology, apart from a lot of masks and I suppose all the difficulties patients had with regard to the anxiety, with regard to waiting on vaccination. But we're there day to day. There's no difference in it's been busier than ever, to be honest. Um, probably a bit more stressful for staff and patients alike. But do you know what? That's the healthcare professionals that we all are. We just kind of got on with it. Dip in the Nip has been a very important fundraiser for NECRIT, for the oncology unit over the years. Huge loss that it didn't happen last year. 
Absolutely, because I suppose not only is it such a um, a huge um, big fundraiser for us year on year, but it's also for what it means. It's you know an embracement of um, our bodies, women, everything to do that's really good from even a, just a, a general healthcare health promotion point of view. It's breast care awareness, you know, and we're all trying to be breast care aware and more health aware and everything. So yeah, amazing, and it's just kind of women standing in solidarity, I suppose, together. So yeah, fantastic to be back and you know beautiful day again we're always blessed and you know maybe the gods are shining on us and definitely COVID you know we, we've kind of like beaten the odds now to have the event so it's fantastic Karen Healy here from day one chief organiser of Dip in the Nip what a great supporter you've been over the years of Necrid and we're back again this year how many have you? We've 180 Jerry this year isn't that incredible? Because you really didn't do much. I've said this to Liz, much pre-publicity. We didn't well, because, as you know, we've got COVID and it's who knows what way the rules were going to go. They were changing every day. So we were just all over the place as to what our numbers were. But we got confirmation we could have up to 200. But then we had to take our volunteers into account. So it gave us 180 with our volunteers. Do you know what I can't believe this morning? I'm actually astounded at the amount of virgin dippers. First timers. Yeah, I actually, because I asked in, 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 uh, before they got on the bus for them to separate new, newbies and oldies. And I couldn't believe all the newbies myself. I said, how did you even know what was happening when we didn't advertise it? Isn't that mad? Isn't it just great? And it shows you the power of social media too where people picked up on it. But do you know what it tells you as well? Despite COVID and all we've gone through and cancer is there. It's in the community. It never ever goes away and it touches so many people. We're hoping COVID's going to be gone in a couple of months' time. Mm. But as you rightly said, cancer is there. So many people have it. And I think today we have cancer patients do it. We have people who have lost somebody to cancer. And we have people who are going through the treatments themselves. And for them, it's a release. Like, they just love this day so much. I think if I said we weren't doing it anymore, I'd think I'd be lynched. The, the only thing I was thought we were going to have to cancel because of COVID. And as it turned out, I got a phone call from the Coast Guard yesterday morning to say we had another problem, which was these line mare jellyfish had taken over scaries mm. and a bloom of them were heading down towards our way and I said oh my god imagine if we had to cancel because of jellyfish and now because of COVID <laughs> wouldn't that have been such an irony but listen nothing stopping these women no. sting or no sting right. anyway Karen Healy congratulations on 10 years of dipping the nip anyway I'm heading up here now and they're all gathering on the beach in front of us the tide is well in now and when I arrived actually it was good distance out but she's coming up closer so they won't have too far to go when they charge on out into the sea I have been approached by a human forest, I have to say, at Dip in the Nip today. Look at the wellies, the, all in the same dress as well, and the headgear. Tell me who you are. Southgate florist. And there are four of you. That's yes? right, yes, four. This time, four. And I take it you designed all the headgear, did you? We did, yes, ourselves. Yesterday, last night, last minute. I have to say the coordination between the boots, the dresses and the headgear is magnificent. Yay! Kathy Marr. It's amazing the people you meet at Dip in the Nip. Sure, breast cancer research. How could you not? Super cause. I've never done it before. Can't wait. First time. First time. Beautiful morning, beautiful location. Are we just lucky to be blessed and we're lucky to do this. You're not on your own with the beautiful attire. You're all dressed the same, three of you. Who's with you? We've got Fiona Leonard and we've got Linda Sheridan. And are you first timers? Yes, we are. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and why are you here? Why, do you, why have you come to do it for the first time? Oh, to raise funds for such a great cause. Do you know, it's just brilliant. And look at all the women that are out today. It's amazing. It's such an empowering thing to do. Mm back to you again Cathy you've known about this for years and years but why do it this year 
I always wanted to do it. I felt I never had the courage to do it. But then when I see the people that are doing it, I think, why not? Why not? It's not something you have to do. We get to do it. We're really lucky to do it. And I'm yeah, privileged to be among all these women. Are you feeling a little nippy there? <laughs> not too bad. Not too bad. We're well used to being in the sea. so <laughs> yeah. do a bit of sea swimming? We do, yeah. yeah. We do a little bit of dipping. Yeah. Oh, the Danaini dippers. Oh, we better say hello to Danaini dippers today. <laughs> anyway, you're doing it for a very different reason. Good luck to you all. Enjoy. See you later. Thanks a million. Barbara Carr, is this a first time for you? Yes. Why? Because Eugenia Whelan, who was my cousin, my confidant, my best friend passed away on the 25th of March 2021 and um, we're here doing it for her and um, miss her so much and just for cancer in general my brother passed away in 2020 and um, it's an emotional day it is very emotional and um it's for Pat and Eugenia and all who have suffered. And you know, look round you here today. Isn't it wonderful? It's absolutely wonderful. And the camaraderie of my friends and my family has been amazing. Look, we'll beat cancer eventually. We'll beat it. And you know, your one story of look at all the stories that I are know, here today, I know. and everybody has a story, everybody absolutely. has an emotion. Uh, I am so thrilled to be able to do this for Eugenia and for Pat. Go on, away you go. You're heading for the water. Enjoy the dip, Barbara. Take care, take care. I'll be over to you now. Morning. Hello, who have we here? We have Jean McGovern, all the way from Kells. Joanne Sheeran. Lorraine Walsh. Lisa Kovinsky. So the Mead contingent are out in force today. <laughs> yes, absolutely, Jerry. Tell us about your story. You're all friends, obviously. Why are you here? Yeah, well... I decided to come today to do it for the people that have nobody to represent them, Jerry, and just take everything, all the power that I have into my own hands and remember everybody with a little prayer and send them all the good wishes and just to let them know that I will be thinking about them today. Oh, my word. Anyway, have you done this before? Yes, this is my second time. No, we're virgins. No. Virgin. Virgin. <laughs> Do you know what I was thinking coming here today? I thought, you know, because we haven't had a lot of publicity in the run-up to this, and I thought, well, it'll be probably the usual crew. But actually this morning, I've met more people who are doing it for the first time. So yeah. you are the exception. The, I'm the exception, Jerry. <laughs> That's me. Do you think you'll be feeling the cold? Actually, it's, a, it's not a bad morning. No, it's a beautiful morning, thank God. And as you can see, the sun is nearly shining on us all. And mm. I think that that's a little gift from heaven to us to let us know that we're being well protected and looked after and that it's going to be a fantastic day, Jerry. Go on. Enjoy it. See you later on. Five, four, three, two, one. Dip in the Off they go. What a sight. 180 women with their bare bums to me, I can tell you. Can't see a thing. I see the bum bums. And out they go towards the sea. This is an incredible sight. 180 this year. So many newbies as well. It is fantastic. And all four, Necrit and the oncology unit at Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital, 
it's a sight to behold and it's a privilege to be here it really is anyway we let them dip away and uh, meet them as they come back from the sea hopefully nobody stung with a jellyfish please god sandra taylor you have the unique distinction in 2021 dip in the nip of being the first back over the hill Ooh. from the beach <laughs> how was it it was actually lovely the water is not freezing of uh, some years we've come out and our legs are on fire with the cold but it's beautiful out there nice day for a swim how many years how many years Sandra? since 2012 we've done all of them well done to you. come down from um, North Kildare yeah. and stay over and usually we go to the West Court but sadly it's yeah. no more yeah. So this City is our North. first year here, yeah. Yeah, well done to so you. Anyway, fun. as uh, joyous and as fulfilling as ever? Yes, I love it. It's a very empowering um, event and uh, it's really, I suppose, women power and uh, we lose our inhibitions because nobody cares, you know, and we're all human and we all have bodies and age and all the rest of it and that's why I'm first over the hill I'm getting old <laughs> oh, not at all congratulations Thanks, I'm doing Jerry. it again Love Sandra to great again. to see you again take care hold on a minute Ban Ban Goulding a moment ago you were in tracksuit doing the dance the pre-dance and here you are with a little towel around you. Were yeah. you out there? Semi-naked, yeah. Um, I am, Jerry. I, I was out there. I As soon as they finished, you counted the ladies in. I got my clothes off in the background. I'm, turns out I'm really good at getting them off as fast as possible. <laughs> and got in behind the ladies and it was absolutely amazing. The sea is fresh. It's lovely. The, again, the atmosphere out there. there everyone's just making noises out there it's so fun and I am awake and ready for the day it was amazing it was incredible thank you did you do this before? I did actually you um, you shamed me into it I think in 2008 because you said it live on the radio in the pre-show for this that Bamba's never actually gotten in and she's going to do it this year so I was shamed into it a couple of years ago but I hadn't for years and it's I love it I love the whole day it's everything it's really good it's fantastic well done to you thank well you well done well done well done I think they were going to have to ring the guards. Let me see this. Bank of Ireland, here's a cheque for €7,164. And who raised this money? Jolly ladies. Where are you from? Kells, County Meath. Ah, good old <laughs> Kells. Canalis Moore, what a great town as well. Who have we? Caroline Beckley. Linda McDonnell. Septa Lynch. Kira Lynch. <laughs> My God, what an amount of money you have raised. How did you get this together? We got money from America, South Africa... Kells, Dublin, you name it, I got it. I, I'll have no friends left, Jerry, because they're all going to delete me. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. They're all supporting you, Septa, and why not? Yes. This is just a magical yeah. day. It's great, and thank goodness we could do it for oncology. They deserve every penny we raised. Oh, they're great. wonderful where they are for everybody in yes. the northeast on our doorstep there yeah. and they really do a wonderful, wonderful job. How many years are you doing this? This is my second year. Second. 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 Yeah. second. All second year. So last year you raised just over 8,000 and this year you're over 7,000. You know, we're not finished yet. No, no I know that. In line. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're going to so get to next year's. Oh, you again. will. Come on. Will, SEPTA will, wants okay. your money. <laughs> SEPTA wants your money. Are you listening? Anyway, what was it like out there? Really, really amazing to go in there and to just be part of such a lovely group of women mm. who have come through every walks of life and, you know, thankful that it hasn't happened or hasn't come to my doorstep yet. But And I hope it never will. But to just support all the women that are struggling and, you know, this is for them. Anyway, ladies, congratulations to Thank you. you wonderful, wonderful effort. And go on, enjoy your refreshments there. Thanks a million. God bless you. Bye bye. Hello. Hello. What's your name? Louise Wynn. Louise. Yes. 
There's a little bump here. Yes, there is indeed a big one. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us the story. Is this your first baby or have you other children? Okay, this is your second baby you're yeah. expecting and you're here dipping on the beach yes. this morning. Why are you involved Why in the here? dip? Yeah. Because my beautiful sister Orla had breast cancer in 2019. So we came today to support a great cause. When is the baby due? November. Oh, you're close enough, aren't you? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Did you get a little kick from the belly when you went out in the in water? The cold, yes. Did you? Yeah. The baby kick? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my, oh, my. Do you know if it's a boy or a girl? I don't. Ah, and that's no. the best way. That I always think feeling, it is. Yeah. What have you already? A boy. Ah, very good. Yeah. And where are you from? Uh, Knockbridge. Ah, oh, good on you. Yeah. Great part of the world, <laughs> yeah. Knockbridge and Louth. Come on, the brides. Come on, the brides is right. Have you been here before? No, this is my first year. Look at the year. Look at the good year to come. The good year is right on you with the baby bump as well. Yeah. Uh, and your sister is with you. Anybody else? Just no, just myself and my sister. Ah, well Next done. year we'll have a lot more because I have 13 sisters. Oh, be the. Have you? <laughs> yeah. 13? <laughs> yeah. Holy moly. What a family. So I'll you take have. them next year. Oh, you have to. You have to take them here with you. That will be some yes, story. Absolutely. So absolutely. Fantastic. We'll get listen. together. Congratulations Thank to you. you. And you're great to do it. You really Thanks. are. Louise Wynn from Knockbridge. Superstar, Thank well you. done to you, well done. Thank Karen Healy, last word to you, the woman who's been driving this for 10 years. Have you a suspicion you might pass the target of two years ago? The year before last, we raised 67,000 euros, which was, now I say we, I didn't raise it. The ladies that come to the dip raised it, but they all their friends donating to them. Without it, um, the oncology unit couldn't continue. And just to get across a point of order that people don't seem to understand, just because it's a hospital, they don't actually get funded for everything. So our money that we collect for the, from the charity goes in to actually support and fund that unit. The nurses get trained so they can use the, um, the new treatment systems so people don't have to travel to Dublin. Um, they get trained in all kinds of new cancer research that's out there. They buy... Um, new chairs, new covers, new blankets, laptops, everything to try and make the patient's journey in there not more pleasant. Mm. But there's no money in the government to give it, so we've got to fundraise for it. So yeah. anybody who hasn't donated to a friend yet, they can still do it online. Um, and yeah, I, I think we might have a good feeling. I have a good feeling. Just that uh, online donation, where can people do that? Well, they can do it directly with our own Necrit account. If they just go into Necrit um, and just donate to Dip in the Nip through PayPal. Or they can, if they're friends, their friends would have an I Donate account and they just go through their friends and do it. It's as simple as just a click of a button. Really simple. And if you're passing the unit, I know there are restrictions at the minute, but we are opening up. You can always, at any stage Absolutely. in the year, drop in a few bob. We, the oncology unit will always take money from you and that's never be turned away never ever ever Karen Healy congratulations on another wonderful year dip in the nip bring it on 2022 so long as we have you Jerry, we'll bring it on as right I'll be here please God health willing <laughs> thanks Karen thank you oh what an afternoon sorry it was just uh, morning time not afternoon I'm getting confused there altogether yet yeah, what a morning yesterday morning on the beach in Mead with all those ladies 180 of them and I met so many and that's just a feel what you heard a few moments ago there for what people were talking about and how much it meant to so many people and uh, I have lots more which I'm going to uh, sort out into a podcast which I hope to have ready later on today or the worst tomorrow and I'll let everybody know uh, where that can be listened back to but I'm working on that as we speak but thanks to everybody who spoke to me and well done to all of the ladies who dipped yesterday it was a really really special occasion which it is Every year I'm involved, to be honest with you, and so many newbies as well. It was great to see. But if you've dipped at any stage during the 10 years, thank you and congratulations to you. And your fundraising makes a difference and has made a difference and will continue to make a difference going forward.
It's an irony we're talking about dip in the nip, isn't it? And cancer and yesterday news reaching us that the lovely Sarah Harding from Girls Aloud passed away. Breast cancer. And she was told last in the spring of this year that she probably wouldn't see an, another Christmas. And, and so it turned out. She was only 39 years of age. Absolutely beautiful. I'm looking at her picture here on the front of all the newspapers today. Wasn't she gorgeous? And her friends and girl allowed, girls allowed are absolutely devastated and so many people are to hear of her passing at such a young age only 39 years of age they were something else girls allowed weren't they the, they had the world at their feet the world was their oyster at one stage but today in our own little way we'd like to remember Sarah Harding who passed away so young yesterday Yeah, remembering Sarah Harding this afternoon on Late Lunch with Promise from Girls Aloud. Thank you for all your comments. Keep them coming to us on the show this afternoon. Frances Caffrey's been on from Dunlear. Hello, Frances. This Monday afternoon to say she just so enjoyed the Mead ladies. Well done to them. Anne and Paddy Baugh want us to say hello as well and well done to all the Mead girls. What a fantastic victory. And there's loads of them there. Just keep going through them for the afternoon. But we're getting your messages. We're passing them on and we're reading them out as well. Uh, it's because I know how much it means to so, so many people. And I come back to it again in sport. The underdog winning is what makes sport. I've said it before on this show. Winning seven Bundes leagues in a row in Germany, Bayern Munich. Uh, you know, domination in Scotland by one club. The same in Italy. Juve wins so many leagues. Oh my God almighty. Wouldn't you just get fed up of it? There, just, there must be turnover. There needs to be new... People, you know, experiencing what success is because that is the spice of life and sport as well. Change, new wins, etc. That's what it's all about. That's the essence of sport. Not buying success indefinitely. Ah, look, at if you have the money, you win the lotto. Of course, you'll buy it. Good luck to you. But anyway, it's not really what sport was ever, ever meant to be. Dominated by the dollar or the euro. But there you have it. Late lunch, LMFM radio still to come on the show. Uh, Paul Murphy, we revisit the story of him finding the baby in the phone box in Drogheda in 1965. We have an update from Paul Abba on my artist of the week. But up next, it's all about hedgehogs on late lunch. I have to say that one of my favourite creatures of all, what am I talking about? Hedgehogs. And I've been lucky enough over the years, even though I lived in a fairly walled in house and garden, to have hedgehogs as visitors in my garden, especially around the vegetable patch. But the more development happens, which is happening around where I live on the north side of Drogheda and the countryside is disappearing, of course their habitats are disappearing too. And unfortunately, if you drive the roads, you'll often see them crushed by cars, they wander out and the end is nigh for a lot of them at that stage. But still, there's a reasonable healthy population in Ireland and we have wonderful people who take care of hedgehogs that get injured or are brought to them uh, by people who don't know what to do with them. I'm delighted to say hello again on Late Lunch this afternoon from Hedgehog Rescue Dublin. They're based in Rush in North Dublin, Yvonne McCann. Hello, Yvonne. Hi, Jerry. How are you? Nice to talk to you again. Ah, nice to have a chat with you as well. Would you just tell me this? What's your busiest time there in terms of rescuing? Our bu- so our busiest time, Jerry, is when they, well, I, I, let's say the only quiet time we have is when they're in hibernation. Other than that, we're flat out. But when they wake up, then they're busy thinking about um, getting their, uh, having their babies for the summer and then getting their babies weaned. And then at this time of year now, 
they'll have a second litter if you don't mind as if one litter isn't enough for them for a year they'll have a second litter now in September October and then they'll get ready then to go into hibernation around the end of October or into November So there's no rest for the wicked as they say no. <laughs> busy all around uh, the year except for the time as you say when, when they're asleep How many a year would you on average take in there? We, we So far this year we've taken 270 which is up on last year um, at the same time, we, we, we generally take in about 400 for the year. But um, yeah, we're definitely up on last year and the year before. So every year it's getting busier and busier and busier. So about four, about, on average, about 400 a year, Jerry. Um, now, an awful lot of them won't survive their injuries. They'll come in, haven't been hit by cars. And, you know, the, like the kindest thing to do is, is, is put them to sleep if they've been hit by a lawnmower or a strimmer. You can imagine yourself the kind mm. of injuries that that. That, um, that inflicts on the poor creature. So even if they do survive, chances are they're going to be put to sleep anyway because it's just it's not fair to leave them in that much pain, you know. So yeah. a lot of them will 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 pass away, unfortunately, in our care. But we do get to release an awful lot. So about fifty fifty five percent of of what we take in eventually goes back to the wild. And that's the aim of the game. It's never an intention to keep them or have them uh, passed on to anybody else. The idea is to get them back into the wild. So here's something that crosses my mind. You mentioned those second litters that will happen now over the coming weeks and it's getting late and it's getting nearer to hibernation. I'm sure that's a conundrum for you. What do you do with them when hibernation time comes, especially very young ones? Yeah, exactly, Jerry. You hit the nail on the head there. So a hedgehog needs to be about 550 to 600 grams to go into hibernation to begin with. So you can imagine the late litters that are born now, that are being born this month, they're probably not going to reach that weight. Mm. So an awful lot of them, poor little chaps, are still hanging around trying to scrape a bit of food together well into December, January. And they're the little fellas, we call them autumn juveniles. They're the ones that we really have to worry about year on year because there's a massive mortality rate in those animals because they just, they physically cannot gain Mm. the weight and the fat stores needed to go into hibernation and get themselves over the winter. Mm. So an awful lot of those end up with us for the winter. So if somebody brings in a hedgehog, say now a litter of hedgehogs at this time of year, chances are they could be with me right up until March until the wild hedgehogs are waking up. Mm. So uh, it could be a case that, uh, that you're keeping them for the whole winter, unfortunately. But if you let them go during the winter, then the food isn't there anymore. You know, the, the ground gets cold and you know, they physically can't get to the worms and stuff, so they just go on and starve, unfortunately. Mm. Never mind the rescue. Yvonne McCann runs a hedgehog hotel. Just remember that as well when you're thinking. Yeah, we we often say they spread the word around this part that just rock up to that place there on the Harbour Road and rush and she look after you for a few months. (laughs) Ah, you're so kind. You really are. The other thing about releasing them into the wild, I wanted to ask you this. Um, is it just that they reach a stage that you know they're ready to go or is it a gradual basis? Do you move them anywhere or do you just let them out there and away they go for themselves? Yeah, so, so we, we'll either do something called a hard release or a soft release. So a hard release is generally for adults that have been injured that come in. They know what the wild is about. They've been out there in the big bad world. They can look after themselves. So they'll generally have a hard release, what's called a hard release. So they go back to where they came from. They get out of the box that night and they go, oh, listen, this is... Mary Joyce's garden, lovely. I know exactly where I am. I know where to find the food. Everyone's a winner. Then we get what we do what's called a soft release. So if we have a litter of hedgehog babies that have come into us as tiny little 20 gram babies, they've never been in the wild before. They don't know the difference between an earthworm 
and a piece of cat food, you know. So, so they have to be, it has to be a much more gradual um, release to the wild for them. So they'll go into soft release pens where we'll gradually pull back on the amount of food we give them, let them forage, maybe release them with a few adults. So they look at the adults and go, what are you up to over there? And they'll go and, and dig in like a normal hedgehog. And they'll go, okay, Grant, we'll do that as well. So they teach each other which is great, we found that. And then eventually then we just open the doors of the soft release pen and let them go. You mentioned food there and what you do with the food. What do you say to somebody listening today who is delighted, I'm sure, to have hedgehogs visiting their gardens and that? Should you feed them? That's a a bit of a controversial subject, Gary. Like, back in the early days, we would have said, yeah, you can leave out some cat food and water for them and, and all that. But... You know, it is very artificial for them, you know. It's it's not natural, very natural for them to be eating cat food. And you, we get an awful lot of hedgehogs in that have really, really bad teeth for their age. And we attribute that to the fact that um, they're being fed an awful lot of cat food now. So, which isn't good for their teeth long term, the wet cat food you need. They need to be eating their their natural diet, the, the beetles, the caterpillars and everything, just to keep the tartar off their teeth. Um, so, you know, we understand that people like to have them in the garden, like to keep them around. So we're telling people now maybe that you needn't go mad. A handful of dry cat food a couple of times a week will keep them around your area. Nice big bowl of water, big sh- like a shallow bowl of water. Um, but don't we, we, we're saying to people now, don't go mad feeding them. You know, they are wild animals at the end of the day. You don't want them rocking up to your house every night, you know, knocking on the door. Hey, uh, <laughs> looking for the grub. You know, we want mm. to keep them natural, especially when they have their babies as well. They have to show their babies, this is where you get earthworms. This is where you get caterpillars. Yeah. This is where you get beetles. It's not all about the bowl of cat food at the door, you know. Yeah. Yeah, very good point, because you yeah. may not be actually doing them a favour at all. Exactly, and, and they then become, they become reliant yes, on the cat food, and if that person yeah. moves away, the hedgehogs mm. are gone. There's mm. a woman that feeds us, you know. Yes. So we, 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 just, we would tell people just be a bit mindful about that, that they are wild animals at the end of the day. Uh, we, we've had an awful lot of people now marking their hedgehogs in inverted commas with like... Um, nail varnish and stuff and you're like why is the nail why is there nail varnish on the hedgehog oh I just wanted to decipher that that was my hedgehog we're telling people please don't do that like mm. you know they're they're wild animals yeah my my don't be at that type mm. of stuff they're everybody's hedgehog they live in the wild exactly yeah. exactly people That's, have the best of intentions but yeah. look Mm. Yeah, and and uh, you know, moving on a bit. I know it's not happening now, but look at look at the way the time passes. It flies by. They'll be hibernating in a matter of weeks again. Yeah. Yeah. If you come across a hibernating hedgehog, what should you do or not do? So we say to people, Jerry, just if you're if you're doing like a bit of cleaning your garden during the winter and stuff, and you do come across one, just literally cover it up. Forget your thought. It takes them, it'll take them, like, he might be disturbed and he might just wake up and go, what just happened there? But he'll go back to sleep again, you know? So, um, and it does take them a couple of days to kind of come out of hibernation. So chances are, if you come across him and you go, oh, that's a hedgehog, just cover it up immediately and he mightn't have even known you were there. And that's an important message. If yeah. they do awaken at that, don't do much, don't feed them or anything like that if they happen no, to no. awaken during that time. No, don't, no, no. way. An awful lot of them do. Like, it's this myth that hedgehogs go to sleep for the whole winter and that's it, you know. That's what we were always taught as kids. But um, some hedgehogs sleep for a week. Some hedgehogs sleep for two weeks. Some sleep for three or four months. And some some don't sleep at all. So not every hedgehog hibernates. And that's, that, I always found that interesting. Everyone assumes that mm. all hedgehogs hibernate, but they don't. Mm. 
And you yeah. see as well, we're dealing with a different planet that we live on now Absolutely. with temperatures Absolutely. and global warming. Yeah. And these creatures, Absolutely. you know, are trying to yeah. suss out what that, that is about as well. Why are they so universally loved, do you think? I have no idea. <laughs> I think it goes back. I think it goes back to the Miss Tiggy Winkle and Beatrix Potter and all yeah. that, all the stories that we grew up with, Jerry. And the fact that they're so elusive, you know, you could have one in your garden for 20 years and never even know it was there. You know, they're so harmless. Like everybody is aware of the big high profile foxes and badgers and, you know, pine martens to an extent nowadays and those kind of animals. But like rarely do people think about the little hedgehog because it's so elusive, mm. you know, it's it's nocturnal as you know, and you know, if you if you do catch sight of one, like, you know, you're quite lucky, you know. So it's um I think yeah, I think there's this little mystery around hedgehogs. Where do they live? Where do they go? Why do they sleep? You know, why do they have spikes? You know, it's uh yeah. I just think they're fascinating little creatures, unlike any other that we have, you know, in in the whole of Europe. I agree with you. I think they're just unique and and, and so lovely. And, yeah. and, you know, the thing to say, like I mentioned there in my area, sadly, there's a lot of development going on. Their habitats yeah. are being wrecked. Is is there, uh, you know, is there people thinking about that, you know, in urban areas? Do they adapt to urban areas if you do a few little things? There's plenty of things you can do. Like, obviously, with the housing shortage, and we understand houses have to go up and, and all that, but... You know, it can be quite disheartening and when you see a big, massive green space with loads of hedgerows. We, over in Lusk, just near where I live now, it's happening at the moment in one of these states over there. They've the hoarding up to take down the hedges and it's absolutely heartbreaking knowing that them animals have lived there yeah. for, you know, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And as the estates go up, they're pushed out further and they're pushed out further. Like, there's only so far they're going to be able to be pushed out before the next town meets the next town and then they've nowhere to go, yes. you know. So... Um, we're, we're just asking people in, in urban areas, you know, there's so many things you can do. Even if you live in a housing estate, make a little hole in your fence to let them in. Talk to your neighbours, make, maybe make a little hole in your fence between you and the neighbours. That means it has two gardens. Yeah. You know, the hedgehogs went from having the whole country to themselves and then when the houses went up, all these gardens were suddenly blocked off and the animals have no access to them. So we're just saying create access areas. You know, in the UK, they call them hedgehog highways. Um, just people getting together and saying we have hedgehogs in our area let's give them as much space as we physically can I, I think that's a lovely idea you know these little tunnels between yourself and your neighbour and your next neighbour and you know there's great people out there just coming up with all sorts of cool little little tricks to, to, get, to give the hedgehog more space in the urban areas and just uh, before you go Nula's been on to say she has a husky dog and she has hedgehogs as well and she often sees the husky going around with the hedgehog in his mouth he doesn't damage yeah. it but the hedgehog doesn't seem to mind too much either well he has no choice Nula um, but the dog just drops him and off he goes yeah yeah it's, it's, it's actually um, the, 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 the breeds that we most worry about them is the little you know the little yappy breeds little mm. Brussels and mm. the and um, the barkers, they're, they're the little ones, the ones that were, were, were bred originally for hunting, you know, they'll, they'll have a, a nibble all right. But yeah, and you do see, you do see dogs inflicting serious injuries, generally to the hind legs, because the hedgehog will try and run away and that's the, that's the dog's opportunity to grab. Mm. Um, yeah, and like the barking and stuff does annoy people as well. But we're just saying to people, listen, that's where the hedgehog lives. You know, it's yep. up to you, unfortunately, to make your garden that the hedgehog can't get in. It's not up to us to... Remove yes. the hedgehog if it's the law, the protective species, and might have babies under your shed. Mm. And so it's unfortunately, it's, it's up to, to people to, to make their garden 
the hedgehog can't get in if you're that worried about the dog, you know, yes. and stuff like that. Yes, don't cut uh, the the hole in the fence or the outer fence at all. Yeah. Uh, protect, sense, yeah, like, yeah, if, protect if you it from a, a dog yeah. that you think is going to attack it, obviously. Yes. You know, trying to keep hedgehogs out. But, mm, mm. Um, no, I hear it. We, we hear what you're yeah. saying. We hear what you're saying. Anyway, yeah. you're doing a great job. Do you want to remind Thanks, people Gary, because good. you run on voluntary contributions and you do so much, how do people give you a little support? So just, just go onto the Facebook page or the website there, Jerry Hedgehog Rescue Dublin. You might just let me mention, Jerry, we are looking, we're 10 years going now and we're looking to expand. So we're looking for a new premises. Mm. Um, if anybody out there, your area, North County Dublin, Loud, Me, Border areas has um, a stable yard to rent or old boarding kennels for dogs or anything like that, any yeah. agricultural buildings, outhouses, etc., just get in contact with us. We're, we're looking to expand. Lovely. Hedgehog Brilliant. Rescue Dublin doing a fantastic job. Until the next time, Yvonne. Take Thanks care. Thanks very much, Sherry. Thank bye you. Bye-bye. 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 That's Yvonne McCann there from Hedgehog Rescue Dublin. We love our hedgehogs, don't we? We do, we do, we do. Stay with us on Late Lunch. Louise, I'm back to... Where was I talking about earlier on? Is it uh, Aldi? I was, ta- there, I, was, yeah. I was talking about Aldi a little bit earlier on. What about... Um, I saw in Lidl. Did you see this? That they're offering rewards for the return of plastic bottles and cans. Oh, that's fantastic. What Isn't rewards? It? What kind of rewards do they give? I think it's 10 cent for a can or 10 cent for a bottle. Really? That's brilliant. That's like going back to the old days, isn't it? Isn't Didn't it? Didn't they do that years ago? Yes, they I can remember. bottles and cans. Yes. And yeah, you, you remember that, do you? Did your, daddy, did your daddy take them in the shop? I don't know. Was that old milk bottles? I know in Germany it was huge, wasn't it? Because all, everybody, all the Irish going over, the students mm. used to collect them and everything to bring them back to get a bit of money. Well, we used to get threepence on a glass bottle. Three Three old pence, so it was. So it was worth bringing the bottle back because if you had a few of them, you'd have enough then to buy more toffees to rot your teeth. <laughs> or ice pops. Wouldn't pay for your dentist. Oh, no, or gobstoppers <laughs> or stuff like that. Blackjacks. But I, yes. Oh, now you're bringing back memories. I, I think this is a great initiative by Lidl. You know, plastic bottles and cans. I think they're drink cans if you bring them back. I saw somewhere 10 cent a bottle or something like That's that. That's brilliant. But just that would build up, wouldn't it? Yeah, you'd have enough to go to Aldi and buy your, <laughs> your busy buy. drinks maker. What's the name of the thing? Pronounce it for me. can't remember. Is it quesadilla? Quesadilla. <laughs> I, I, if I brought enough plastic and cans back. Now, you're, you see, you're a shopkeeper's daughter. You're adding the pennies off there in your head as we were talking about it if I got enough of those then I'd have enough to buy those things and you wouldn't be slagging me about spending a whole lot of money on things like bread makers or things like that either but anyway I say well done to Lidl this will be the start when you see if this is a success here you'll you'll probably see the other big supermarkets and that following them I'd say that'll be the case anyway well done to Lidl in uh, what you've done there in the refunds for the plastic bottles and cans. We watch this space with interest and uh, uh, I'm sure, as I said, others will follow in the near future. Anyway, we head towards news, weather and sport at three o'clock on late lunch. And after three, don't forget, ABBA are my artists of the week. What a story they have. What a week of music we're going to enjoy. And Paul Murphy, veteran journalist, will be joining us to tell us and bring us up to date about the story of the baby he found in a phone box in Drogheda in 1965. But taking us there, it's Survivor. And yes, get your boxing gloves on. It's the Eye of the Tiger. God, I can remember when this one was number one. I'd say it was around about 1980 or so. I remember buying the single in a shop and playing it to bits. Anyway, it's the Eye of the Tiger on Late Lunch this Monday afternoon. Stay with us on the show. 
I'll be glued to the Solheim Cup this evening. I will. And I'll be rooting for Leona Maguire that she wins another rubber today. That would be some record for a rookie. But come on, Europe. We just need five against the States. Uh, I, I love the golf on the television. I said this to you before. I really do. The majors, the coverage on Sky, it's fantastic. But the, the Solheim is wonderful. And I well remember the time. It was in Killeen Castle in County Meath and our involvement with that. Memories, memories some years back. And indeed, Europe won on that occasion as well. Back to your comments. Jerry, hedgehogs. I love the little devils, but unfortunately my terriers killed two of them so far this year during the night. Mm, you have to keep them terriers out of the way for sure. Uh, a shout out, Jerry, says Yvonne Walsh in Dunshockland this afternoon. Hello, Yvonne, to the Wildlife Hospital. They're fantastic people at Garlow Cross in Navin who do amazing work for all our beautiful wildlife, including the hedgehogs. Indeed, and they do, Yvonne. They're great, great people. Thank you, Jerry and Louise, for having the Mead ladies on the radio today. I'd like to say a big well done to Eamon Murray and his Mead ladies football team on winning the All-Ireland final yesterday. It was some achievement on me, Abu, indeed. Thank you indeed for all the comments coming to us on the show today. And don't forget, out of hours, if you want to get in touch with us, the email address is latelunch at lmfm.ie. If you have a story, a guest, or want to make a comment, send it in by email and we'll pick it up for sure. Now, my artist of the week, well, I gave it away last week, didn't I? As soon as I heard they were coming back, uh, ABBA, yes, they're coming back with a new album and a, a type of a concert, a virtual concert as well. Looking forward to it and the fans are legion still in the world. Well, they were formed in 1972 in Stockholm. Uh, ABBA was Sweden's first ever winner of the Eurovision Song Contest, as you know, with Waterloo. And that was the song that set Agnetha, Benny, Bjorn and Anna Fried on their way to becoming one of the most successful popular music groups of all time. And you do know ABBA is an acronym of all their Christian names. Yes, it is. A-B-B-A. Bjorn and Benny, you see, were collaborating for a number of years before ABBA were formed. And after a number of attempts, they had a song accepted for the Swedish National Song Contest in 1972. Lena Anderson sang the song for them. It was called Say It With A Song. It came in third. The following year, 73, Ring Ring, yes, it is an ABBA song, featuring the two boys, Anne, Anna Frid and Agnetha. Again, they entered the uh, song contest. Now, they were together now as a foursome. But once more, it didn't win. It was third and didn't reach Eurovision. But third time lucky. On the 9th of the 2nd, 1974, Waterloo carried the day in Sweden. And in April, in the UK, where the Eurovision was held that year, it became the winner and an international hit. Honey Honey, their follow-up single, did okay. And speculation, to be honest, which amounted to that stage that ABBA would be like so many other Eurovision winners, a one-hit wonder how wrong they would be. And those in the business who did this uh, and backed them and believed in them would be rewarded handsomely listening to the words of this big ABBA hit. Abba, my artist of the week. Take a chance on me. And those who took a chance on Abba, well, weren't they right royally rewarded? Yes, indeed. And more about Abba in song and words tomorrow around about this time. We will dedicate that one to Martin Kerwin and Beliver. Lots of love from your wife Rose, sons Alan and Daniel. Daniel was involved with the Mead ladies and daughters Leonora, Martina and Amanda. And today, Alan and Audrey 
are celebrating their wedding anniversary. Have a great day, folks, coming in from all the family this afternoon. God, the Mead women, they're everywhere winning this weekend. Jerry, big shout out for strong Mead women this weekend. Irene Monaghan Finnegan, who ran the Kerry Ultra 200K, 200K, and to her nieces, Eva and Cara Monaghan, and all the Mead team on winning the All-Ireland yesterday. Strong and inspiring Mead women. Here, here, I say to that one. Thanks indeed for all your messages to the show. Now, a final break of the afternoon coming up. And afterwards, veteran journalist Paul Murphy tells me the story. Well, it's an update on a story we've brought you before because Paul and a friend of his found a baby in a telephone box that was abandoned in 1965 in the heart of Drogheda. And it seems there may be a link between this baby and a couple of other babies who were found abandoned in or around the same time in the 60s. The story's coming up next on Late Lunch. Now, folks, I will remind you of a story we featured on Late Lunch, I think a couple of occasions in the past. It involves veteran journalist Paul Murphy, who back in 1965 came across a wee abandoned baby in the winter months in Drogheda. Well, let me tell you that the story has now taken a twist and it's going to be featured on Long Lost Family on ITV next Tuesday. That's tomorrow week at nine o'clock and the show, of course, hosted by Davina McCall and Nikki Campbell. It's an award-winning show. And Paul Murphy, their very same Paul Murphy, now of the Mead Chronicle and many other places indeed, will feature in the show. And he joins me on the line to tell me more. Hello again, Paul. How are you? I'm good. Thanks very much for taking our call on the show. But I think for listeners, from a listener's point of view, Paul, you might remind us of your story of coming across your little boy. Tell us again, 1965. Well, in, in, in May, early May 1965, uh, myself and my late uh, friend and great colleague, uh, uh, Pat Bailey, were uh, taking part in a, in, a, in a play, a John B. Keaton play in, in Drada. And... Um, uh, we were c- coming home, returning home at midnight uh, uh, through Lawrence Gate, and then uh, into the into Lawrence Street, and we passed a phone box which is just outside, uh, which was just outside Paddy Goodwin's uh, office there, and um, we heard a baby crying, and we thought at first that it was a, a baby maybe in one of the, uh, the flats uh, n- nearby, in one of the houses nearby. We opened the door. And uh, we found the baby lying inside in a in a hold all on the floor, a little boy. It started an amazing story in our lives. I was a young reporter for the evening press at the time. The next morning, I, naturally enough, I rang the, the newsroom and uh, there was great excitement. And then there was a big splash in the evening press the, the following evening. There was a photograph on the front page of great friend Nancy MacDonald, who was a nurse in the in the Lourdes Hospital, in the maternity section. Really what happened after that then, uh, myself and Pat were photographed with the baby and so on. We still have the photograph. Then the baby disappeared from our lives. And then in 2013, 48 years later, the baby came looking for me. He made a phone call to the Drogheda Independent Office and Hubert Murphy uh, contacted me. And I was able to ring my friend John, as I call him now, with a great conversation on the phone naturally enough. So the next morning he was bright and early. He was he was sitting in the in the Westcourt Hotel waiting for me uh, the next morning and we had a, a very a very, very uh, emotional uh, reunion. And we've been firm friends since then. Fate brought us to that place at midnight on that particular night. You know, we never look back. It's uh, 
it's a, it's a wonderful story, really. Yes, it's a marvellous story, Paul, and timeless as well. And it was a national story at the time. And great that you uh, connected again those 48 years later. But this story has taken a twist, and I'll context it for listeners. Uh, this uh, series, Long Lost Family. There are two children. One is called David McBride and the other Helen Wall. They were infants at the time. They're now, of course, adults grown uh, man and woman. David McBride was found abandoned in Belfast. Helen Wall found abandoned in Dundalk, just up the road. And uh, David found in 62 uh, in the seat of a car, in the front seat of a car in Belfast. Uh, Six years later, Helen in a phone box in Dundalk. And tucked in the middle of this is your John in 1965. Now, will you explain to us what's coming together here? Can I say that that David was uh, reared in Belfast and then he became a solicitor later on and he now works and lives in England. And uh, Helen lives in County Mead here. What happened with them, they, they connected through the DNA system and they lodged their DNA with a database. They discovered they were brother and sister. Uh, in fact, by total coincidence, last night I happened to switch on ITV3 and it showed a, a, a slightly older program of their reunion, which is a total coincidence last night. And... Uh, it showed them, you know, uh, the two of them happily, happily reuniting. And then uh, they were on a visit to their mother's, their biological mother's grave in um, in Kerry. She was a Kerry, Kerry woman. She died in uh, 2017 and uh, uh, she uh, was aged 90 at that stage. That was the, the happy part of that story. So they've been... Developments since then in the sense that, you know, people have been doing research in the background and so on. Then in uh, earlier in July this year, uh, a production company called Wall to Wall, who were working for long lost families, uh, they came across to Ireland and they were doing a program on the, on the babies, plural. I know that they, they interviewed Helen and David in Northern Ireland because of COVID regulations. Then they came south then and they interviewed me in, in Drogheda. They actually rented a cottage at Bay Beg. I spent three three hours behind a desk there being interviewed by them uh, by the programme makers. And then uh, they brought me into, into Lawrence Gate and marched me up and down there for a hundred times, <laughs> uh, catching, the, catching the moment. <laughs> but Paul, uh, here's the thing, and and obviously it's quite obvious to me, and I'm sure listeners today, the probing here and the uh, new investigation is potentially making a link between John, the little baby you found in '65, and these confirmed brother and sister. Yes, I think they're they're, they're working on that. All right, you know, it, the development of the of DNA is is it's a wonderful science. Sometimes turns up with some wonderful inventions. Mm. And, and and this is one of them. And uh, as you know, normally we we talk about DNA in, in the in the context of, of of criminal matters, but in this case, it's a very useful tool for people to be able to, you know, check their background and see wh- see where they came from and who they are. And I think that's very important for them, really. Oh, hugely significant, Paul, hugely significant. But here's the thing. David and Helen, confirmed brother and sister, same mum who only died recently at 90 years of age. 
The dad is the same dad, obviously. But of its time, this was some liaison because these children were not born in a married arrangement at all, outside of marriage. That would have been a complicating factor in the 1960s, as we all know. And um, I think that the the biological mother and father were, um, one was Protestant and the other was Catholic, which is, I suppose, another complication. Mm. But they were, um, I believe the uh, liaison went on for 40 years. So um, obviously they really uh, cared for one another, but uh, it was... um, at a, a, a very difficult time in Irish society, you know, that these kind of things would have been frowned on. Uh, they wouldn't be today. I mean, she felt then she she couldn't keep the babies. And I think that the uh, the three children really have come to terms with their past and, and what happened. And they would understand, uh, you know, that human, human nature is human nature. Mm. Well, um, Paul, say no more, because we're not going to... Uh, be the greatest spoiler in the world here today all listeners will have to do is make sure they tune in tomorrow week that's the 14th of September 9 o'clock ITV long lost family with Davina McCall and Nicky Campbell to see if John the baby that uh, Paul and his friend found in their phone box on uh, Lawrence Street in Drawd in 1965 is actually a blood relative or brother to uh, David and Helen. You'll have to just watch the programme to find out. Paul Murphy, you've always been and always will be part of making history in this neck of the woods and beyond. Well done to you. Thank you very much, Jerry. Thank you. Yes, Paul Murphy there speaking to me a little earlier on today and that story goes on and on, doesn't it? You'll have to watch tomorrow week for sure. Anyway, that's our lot on Late Lunch this Monday afternoon. Tomorrow, Paul Moyna back with us and Tony Conlon on the road as well and lots more besides. I'll be back to ABBA, of course. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive. Have yourselves a lovely Monday evening. Take care of yourselves. See you for Tuesday's Late Lunch at 1.30. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada Dundalkin Cabin. Let Blackstone Motors find the perfect car for you. With over 300 cars to choose from, we have the biggest selection of pre-owned cars in Drada Dundalkin Cabin. Low APR and zero deposit packages available. See blackstonemotors.ie for more details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.